right, welcome in. Happy Thursday, everybody. I'm Ben Kenny. It is the Bill Michaels Show. The replacements are here today. Ben Kenny, Grant Bills here with you. Grant, what's up, buddy? Good day, Ben. You got me? I do. I do. The technology works. Cheers. Uh, big Bucks win last night by a lot of points. That would that, that would take a while to count up. So they're rolling. Uh, Grant's getting attacked on Twitter. Yeah, I am. I I thought about maybe deleting my tweet last. Just no, go ahead, drag me. You can't I miss delete every it once in a while. I, I deserve it. Go ahead. So we're gonna now we're gonna address it coming up coming up a little bit later. Uh, but but there is big news to talk about. Big show today. Obviously, we'll we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers. I, I know it's been a constant topic of discussion on this show. I want to shift the focus towards Brian Gutekinds for a little bit coming up. Uh, whether there's trust there, what his track record can tell us about the trade, and then also about what will be done with the assets that are that are brought from the trade. But Grant, I wanted to start. Uh, the news of yesterday happened after we got off the air here. We saw McCole Hardman get signed by the New York Jets. And then the Jets executed a trade. It was not obviously the Aaron Rodgers trade. It was a trade. Yeah. They traded away Elijah, uh, Elijah Mitchell, who Elijah Moore, excuse me. Who's Elijah Mitchell? He's the, the Kyle Shanahan running back. Yes. So kind yes. of the same tree, the same family of football. It's, yeah, I made that mistake too. It's the same. It's a name that comes up when you, when you talk about, uh, teams that are either negotiating with or beating the Packers, unfortunately. So, Come on. Um, yes, uh, Elijah Moore. The Jets trade wide receiver Elijah Moore to the Browns. They trade Moore and a third for the Browns' second-round pick, number 42. And then you have reports surface afterwards from a bunch of sources, Jeff Darlington of ESPN and then also Connor Hughes out in New York, that the Odell mutual interest with the Jets is there. And that Rodgers wants to play with him and that it's something that once the Rodgers deal gets done, we probably will see Odell in New York. A lot of angles to start here, Grant. But Elijah Moore was a guy that people had mentioned maybe the Packers go after in the deal. Yet it's a it's yeah. Yeah. Now they pick up another second round pick and everybody looks at this deal that the Jets just made as a way. Uh, you go read the ESPN article on it by Rich Kamini. His lead literally reads, adding draft capital for a potential Aaron Rodgers trade, comma, the New York Jets traded, blah, 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 and so on and, and so forth. What did you, What was the first reaction there? Because I, I think the connection between this move and what will be done between the Jets and the Packers is pretty clear. So the timeline of the day was funny because they signed Mecole Hardman and all Packers fans thought, well, there's only so many spots on the roster. We're getting Elijah Moore. And then Elijah Moore gets traded not to the Packers. So now we're all bummed out. Elijah Moore made sense because he doesn't want to be with the Jets. And he's not so good to where New York wouldn't want to part ways with him. Like, they're not parting ways with Sauce Gardner for a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers or Quinnen Williams or guys like that. I hate to be the bear of bad news, but that's not going to happen. But Elijah Moore, yeah, second or third best wide receiver. He doesn't want to be there. It would have made sense. I feel like I have to point out to Packers fans, maybe the Packers just didn't want Elijah Moore because they drafted Eric Stokes four or five spots ahead of him in 2021, a year where they could have used a wide receiver. I don't know that the Packers were super interested in him. They could have had him in the draft. They didn't want him. 
I feel like maybe this is more Packers related than Jets related. And that's why he ended up in Cleveland and not as a part of a bigger Aaron Rodgers trade. I see that. I mean, and the second round pick they get for him, 42. The Jets now have 42 and 43. If you look at the Rich Hill trade value chart, those two picks combined equal the value of number 17. So when you say, okay, the Jets don't want to give up 13 for Rodgers, there could be other ways around it that include two seconds, which is not nothing, obviously. And uh, I have other other angles on on what the return is. But first, I mean, my big takeaway from both of the deals, the signing of Hardman, the trade of Moore, number one is... I, is Randall Cobb not going to not going to join the fray here? Like are are we running out of room? You got Odell coming too. Where does Randall Cobb fit in? Rodgers just wants to play with everybody. He's like I want Odell, I want Cobb. Do you think they talked about Hardman? Had to come up, right? At some point. Well, the Hardman part is uh, they they signed Alan Lazard not to catch passes. They signed him to block for McCole Hardman on jet sweeps. Are they going to run jet sweeps? Rogers, not a big fan of pre-snap motion, which I was going to bring up yesterday on my show, but I'm trying not to poke at Rogers. Like the situation has mostly been resolved. I'm not trying to cause trouble, even though I did it for two straight hours with the Badgers and the NIT, but like, did someone tell the jets jets and pre-snap motions and Rogers favorite thing? Well, if Hackett's the one teaching it, then apparently ah, learning well, then is it will be fun. fun. Yeah. 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 Yeah, if you're in the gold zone and you run the motion, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's so interesting because, I mean, obviously we've dealt with it for years, but as soon as the deal happens, I can't wait to watch New York City implode. Not because of anything meaningful, right? Like, I'm sure Rodgers, whether he shows up to OTAs or not, as soon as he gets on the field, the results will probably be pretty good. But with all of the other stuff that we have kind of started to say, whatever, turn the eye all the podcast appearances and all that, which again, I, I only am unhappy with it. Cause I have to listen to all of it as a radio producer, very yeah. upfront about that. I, I don't want to listen to three hour podcasts, but I do to see what's interesting. I can't wait for it all to happen. And including the pre-step motion part, all of the, all the comments about how beautiful the West coast offense is and what works and things of that nature. Yeah. For, I mean, New York city is going to lose their mind. It's going to be, and again, I don't want to assume things about Rodgers. I think Packers fans have done a little bit too much of that over the last few years. Like, while we complain about things that are real, we also assume things about Rodgers that probably aren't fair. So I'll defend Rodgers a lot against callers, I think, who are just fed up and sick of him. But the way that, that Rodgers has worked, I would guess that, you know, training camp gets going. There's one small little comment, one small little word that'll get aggregated. It'll become a thing. Florio writes a piece. Then Sports Talk Radio gets a hold of it. Remember the, the audibles a couple of years ago when Matt LaFleur first got to town. or You know, it's these little things. They, they turn into big things. And maybe that's our fault, but I can't imagine that that also won't be the case in New York, especially with all the people who will be paying attention to the Jets once Rodgers gets there. Which is everybody. But that's yeah. how the cycle starts. Florio writes an article, then Rodgers goes after Florio. Then Florio digs in harder, and, and we're into that beautiful cycle. Maybe this all happens because there's no roster cycle. spot for Mercedes Lewis. Well, that's maybe why Brian Gutekinds is waiting. He's waiting until there will be no roster spots for Mercedes Lewis and Randall Cobb. And then he'll really hold all the cards in the power right after the Jets are forced to make some of these moves. Bill shared a Florio article yesterday that really made me laugh. And I'm going to try to pull it up because there was a line in it that was 
absolutely hilarious. About New York giving Green Bay the the New Jersey bird? Yeah, that one. And I'll do my best to paraphrase, but there was a line in there where Florio said, it's my personal opinion that the Packers are making this personal. And I read that and I'm like, wait a minute. This, this seems... So Florio, who I believe to some degree has a personal ax to grind with the Packers because he's a big Vikings fan and it's just always come across that way. Sure. He's writing that it's his personal opinion that the Packers are making it personal. Okay. Got it. I, I, I want to pull it up. I want to find it because it's really funny. I mean, that this goes into the Gudikins discussion that we're going to get to coming up later. And 877-867-1670 if you want to chime in. Thoughts on the Jets deal? I, I mean, the big question I want to ask is, okay, everybody wants the number 13 pick for Rodgers, and, and so do I. Obviously, mm-hmm. the, the difference between that pick in a draft that isn't that deep by all accounts but does have some good talent up top, difference between that and, and a couple seconds is real. Yet the, the question is with the Jets now having 42 and 43, and the Packers already have 45, remember, in the second round, would you do 42 and 43 for Rodgers and maybe even swap 15 and 13? to throw in value right there. I think my answer would be yes. I was combing through some mock drafts and uh, all the machines online. And you, I mean, you'd be surprised. Like we, we talk about this year's team and how much pressure is on love, how much pressure is on Gutekunst. And I get the argument that future picks are really valuable here because then you know more and you know more about what you need. But I'd also argue that y- you kind of need as much talent on this year's team as you could possibly get. Because you already bring back a lot of the talented guys in in uh, Rasul Douglas and and Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari and Jair yep. Alexander, guys that have been on the team. But I, you kind of need as much talent possible on this year's team in order to learn the things you need to learn, I believe. Oh, that's a great take. And, and I believe, Ben, this year is a learning year, right? So I'm not trying to go all in to move money and, and contend this year. But what we don't want, and basically what you just said, is we don't want to get to the end of the season – and be left wondering about Matt LaFleur or Jordan Love because they didn't have this, right? Well, we, we can't make a definitive call about LaFleur because he didn't have any wide receivers. We can't make a definitive call about Love because they don't have any offensive linemen. This team doesn't need to be great, but to your point, you want enough talent on this team to where you can actually you know evaluate everything because this, this can't be a wasted year. We can't be asking the same questions we're asking right now a year from now about LaFleur, Goody, love it doesn't mean they need to contend this year but the team needs to be good enough to get an accurate look at everyone and everything outstanding point by you ben and about joe barry i believe because Uh, yes there's the whole school of thought which i somewhat subscribe to about can love win games i think quarterback wins are are a tough thing to quantify i think rogers in the playoffs is a perfect example of it where there were a lot of games lost where he was played well enough to win or just like they just never stood a chance. Right. And that goes on his record. Justin Fields last year played some really good football in the middle of the season and they lost every single game. And part of that was like he had the ball with two to four minutes left often down a possession and they couldn't get it done. So, So I think there's a real question of can Justin Fields win in that way. But it's also let's say the let's say love looks fine and the Packers are are six and or seven and ten because there isn't enough defensive talent and they can't stop the run, right? I think there's so much goes into can, can love win games. Okay, how can you best to learn that? 
by having as many draft picks in this year's draft, preferably in the second and first rounds, to fortify a defensive line, which I think right now is quite poor, and give at least give Joe Barry enough talent to work with. I think there's talent. Lowry. I mean, that's crushing. <laughs> I have, there's, I, I understand a lot of things in this world, Grant. One of them is not how much Vikings people love Dean Lowry. <laughs> I, I might well, be watching a different game. Dean Lowry has been just quite the topic for us for years. He's fine. Because when the Packers start playing well, you're like, well, this guy, you know, he's, he's playing his best football. You know, and if you don't ask him to do too much, he's like, I don't know. I'm just kind of glad that Dean Lowry, very similar to Blake Martinez before him, right? Where you just we're kind of always arguing about them and they're never good enough. I'm with you on on defensive talent. If if we're left after this year, Ben, assuming there's no massive injuries, nothing changes between now and the season. If we're coming out of this next season thinking the defense didn't have enough talent, I have questions about Brian Gutekinds. And I know we're going to talk about Brian Gutekinds. He's done nothing but feed that defense first and second round picks for the last however many years. I, I, I don't know that I accept not having enough talent on defense this year. Brian Gutekinds will have to answer for that. I think I said the same thing last year, but I, I believe it this year as well. Oh, it's a beautiful cycle. I, I, I called last year the most important offseason for Brian Gutekinds ever. But as you're going to hear in probably 45 minutes, I'm going to do the same for this offseason as well. But that's because well, context, a- context has changed. I yeah. was I was getting on Gutekinds' draft class all season because I didn't think they did enough to start, mainly the defenders. But also part of that could have been the defensive coordinator and the fact he wouldn't yeah, play one I of also, the defenders. Well, that's that's what's frustrating is we get halfway through the year, we're watching Dean Lowry and Jerron Reed, who's a nice depth piece, but we're not asking for top end, you know, big, big plays from him. And we got to listen to Joe Barry 10 weeks in and say, well, Devontae Wyatt is learning how to be a professional. What? What does that mean? Right. Excuse me? He's won national titles at Georgia. What? What is learning to be a professional? Then teach him and teach him faster. That's your job. Well, as as the season was going along, the argument I, I made was you needed a draft class, including two first-round picks, full of dudes that could help you in year one because you didn't know how many Rodgers years would be left. And now... The clear answer is that was the final Rogers year. So now we go forward. And I mean, yes, how do we, how do we learn the most? How do we learn what we need to learn about the team? And I say that about Jordan love. I say it about Matt LaFleur. I will say it about Joe Barry grant. I think there is a difference between defense clearly doesn't have enough talent and defense was clearly not coordinated. Well, where if they do get enough talent and they get another good defensive lineman in the draft and we could look yeah. on paper kind of like last year and understand this defense should be good, yet they just aren't, then I think you you learn, and maybe it's my belief going in as well, that Joe Barry's not the right guy to do it. Yeah. Sorry to almost cut you off there. I apologize. What I was going to say, I'm more concerned about learning about Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love than I am Joe Barry. Like, I think you could get a Joe Barry in any given offseason. I think Joe Barry is average. On a good day, a little better than average. On a bad day, worse than average. I, I'm not looking to run some grand scientific process with Joe Barry this year. He's Joe Barry, and whatever. I can live with that. I'm much more interested in Jordan Love. I think how you evaluate him is you get him weapons, right? Look at Jalen Hurts. They got your guys some weapons, and all of a sudden, his life's a little bit easier, and his game grows and he can mature as a leader, and there's not so much on his shoulders because A.J. Brown can get open, and Devontae Smith is great. So I'm on the weapons warpath this offseason for Jordan Love. 
because I want him to have a very good shot to sling the ball around and see him. And I think the, the same is said for Matt LaFleur. If he has better options and better weapons, then he can scheme up lots of different things. I, I think that's what I'm looking forward to most. Joe Barry's whatever. I'll accept him, but I, I don't know. <laughs> Do you know who Joe Barry is? The comparison? Um, is, this a ba- is it a Badger comparison? No, no, no. It's a Packer comparison. He's Dean Lowry. Oh, well, I was going to say Blake Martinez, but they're basically the same player. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's fine. If all's working and it's surrounded by great people, it could work. But then yeah. on other days, you scratch your head and wonder, well, what's going on? There. We extended this guy? Yeah. So I'm with you, but but I think this all goes back to, obviously, the Jets trading Elijah Moore and getting the, the extra second. I think you can do both in the first two rounds of the draft in terms of making a pretty porous defensive line better. And also getting getting Jordan Love weapons. And, and that could be Jackson Smith and Jigba in the first round, who I'm obsessed with. Pro Day was yesterday, went well. Darnell Washington in the second round, I'm also obsessed with. I, I think he checks every box that the Packers need. But the whole point is for us to learn everything we need to learn, you're going to need to fortify this roster with as much talent as possible, which is why, yes, I would be... I would be not mad about future picks, uh, about a one conditional pick. But if this drags out past the draft, I don't think that's the best case scenario in my eyes. It's not the most, the most important thing is, is getting the trade done and getting enough back, right? And if it goes past the draft, then okay, you're getting future picks that you can use when you know more about what yes. you need to use them on. But I would argue it's the best case scenario for the Packers to get those two seconds maybe do a swap of 15 and 13, maybe another conditional pick in order to fortify this roster next year with as much talent as possible so we can actually learn about Jordan Love, we can learn about LaFleur, and and maybe even compete, honestly. Like, maybe if you get another wide receiver and the unit's quite good and a tight end and you still have the running back core, the offense could be pretty good and life, again, could be made easy for Love, kind of like the Eagles made it for Hurts this year. And then a couple more fortifications on defense. And if it's an average unit, like you're not going to go win a Super Bowl, I don't think, but you could still contend and and you could learn things in a positive light. Yeah. I think the Packers have the good picks necessary to add a couple of weapons and to fortify the defense, even without extra picks from the Jets, right? So if this pushes past the draft, I, I still think they have a great opportunity to get some pieces they need, but some Jets picks wouldn't hurt either. I'm, I'm down for this year or next year. I think there's pros and cons to both. 877-867-1670. You want to chime in, do it. I'm on the boat after the Jets trade. I want picks for this year's draft. I want to see them used for this year's team. Would you do that? Would you be more in favor of, of the picks coming in the future? We could take your calls moving forward. Uh, Grant Bills, Ben Kenny in for Bill Michaels, 877-867-1670. We're going to step away. And, and when we come back, there are some, some odd men out now of the Jets wide receiver core Are they worth the Packers giving them a look? We'll tell you who, uh, and we'll tell you maybe what it would cost for the team. All coming up next. A lot to get to. It's the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. We are back. Bill Michaels show. Ben Kenny Grant Bills. The replacements in today for Bill. He'll be back on Monday. 
877-867-1670. You want to join the show, uh, do it. The The Twitter poll is up. Grant Bills, when the Packers trade Rodgers, would you take the picks in this year's draft or next year's? And that would be, say, the two seconds in this year's draft or the equivalent pick in next year's draft. I would say this year's draft for what we were talking about, get as much talent on this roster as possible and try to see if you can learn as, as much as you can, really, about Love and, and LaFleur and everybody. Grant, do you fall on, on either side? So I think, as I said before the break, there's pros and cons to both, right? If you get more talent this year, you can better evaluate LaFleur and Love and all the pieces this upcoming season. But if the picks are next draft, you can make those picks with the knowledge you've acquired in the season before, right? So I guess here's my answer. I am actually wanting the picks next year. If you can guarantee me that Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs will be healthy all year, and if you can guarantee me the Packers will take a tight end or a wide receiver in this year's draft, right? Because the nightmare scenario is they get next year's picks, and then Watson gets hurt, and Dobbs, and it's a mess this year, kind of like it was in 2015 when Jordy Nelson got hurt and Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams couldn't. That's my nightmare, right? So I actually prefer the picks next year, but my concern is that the talent they have goes through a sophomore slump or injuries or whatever, and then it's a wasted year. That's the nightmare. Here's also what I'll say. It does. Here's also what I'll say. In the event that Jordan Love stinks, which obviously I don't think will happen and I I don't want to see happen, but in the event, and let's say because he struggles, the team is quite bad, a lot of picks in next year's draft would in theory give you ammunition to move up and take Caleb Williams, right? Mm -hmm. So that also has the out in that realm. Though I don't think the Packers will reach that point. I don't think Jordan Love will be that bad. And I think if you surround him uh, with enough, then then it should work out. Um, so with the, uh, with the Jets situation, Grant, with uh, them having, quote, very real interest in Odell Beckham Jr., according to Connor Mounting. Hughes out Mounting in New York. Interest, some would say. Uh, and, and the trade of, of Elijah Moore, they're likely to move on from two veteran receivers. Corey Davis, former first-round pick, who played under he played under P.J. Fleck, I'm pretty sure, at Western Michigan when the yep. boat was being rowed over there. So Corey Davis, a former Titan, now on the Jets, a six-year vet, or Denzel Mims, I, both of those guys are probably going to be released as the Packers finalize their, or the Jets, excuse me, finalize their roster. Would you want either of those two included in the trade not to sweeten the pot because they're going to be released, but as a way for them to be in the building so the Packers have the exclusive bargaining rights pretty much? Because if they become free agents, everybody's out there trying to sign them. If they're on the Packers, the Packers have the first shot to do that. Hmm. I love the idea of adding someone like Corey Davis or Denzel Mims because I, I want more depth in this receiver room. Because if Watson gets banged up or Dobbs has a sophomore slump, Writer Samari Toure doesn't take this massive leap that I think we're all expecting. I like the idea of having other bodies in the building. And Mims and Davis, they're not rookies. They don't need to go through growing pains. So we wouldn't be falling back on, you know, some wide receiver that maybe isn't trustworthy or maybe isn't ready. My worry is that if the Packers get Corey Davis or one of these other wide receivers that the Jets are probably going to release anyways, that will hurt the draft pick compensation. And that's my priority. 
right? I want draft picks over players. I want draft picks over cap relief. I want draft picks over everything. So that's my concern about taking back a player in this deal like Davis or Mims. I would take Davis, yes, if if it does not change what the draft pick compensation is or if it sure. does to a very small extent. If next year's conditional pick, if the conditions change, say, just okay. as a sweetener. And, I mean, if the Jets say, all right, we're close. We just want to get this done. We want him in the building. We'll give you Corey Davis as an act of good faith just to get all this negotiation stuff done. I think another question you could ask is, okay, we want to bring in a veteran receiver. Corey Davis isn't that good. Like, he's fine. I He doesn't blow you away. But what does the snaps look like if you draft another rookie? And would that be taking snaps away from from a rookie that you'd want to be on the field? Like, if your wide receiving core is Christian Watson, Dobbs, Samori Torre, notably. Thank you. And Jackson Smith and Jigba. And then you add Corey Davis to that. Inherently, you're going to see fewer snaps, or maybe not, if if in Jigba and, and Dobbs are that good, right? But what's the dynamic there? Because you want to add a vet receiver. You don't want to go down the path that we've gone down the last couple of years where you have a blocking tight end that can't catch and then other players on the field that, I mean, are somewhat productive but are not really changing the game. You know, what's what's funny is, as you were talking, I'm, I'm thinking I'm doing the math in my head, the perfect player would be a veteran wide receiver that's good, but not good enough to where they would take away playing time from the young guys. Sammy Watkins <laughs> would would fit that bill. <laughs> I also thought of Devin Funches. Like the types of players that they've weirdly been adding would be the per- insurance. Do you know who else? In the room. What was that? I have one more name that probably Give wouldn't me. take away snaps. Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb. <laughs> the the Wade Miley equivalent of an NFL wide receiver. Man. You want to bring in veteran depth in case of injury. Oh, the Chase Wolf. Good leadership. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. 877. Yeah. Yeah. 867-1670. Would you add any of those receivers? Uh, Importantly, do you want the picks this year or you want them next year? Let's let's go to the phones real quick. Line one, you're on the Bill Michaels show with, with Ben and Grant. What's going on? Hey, Ben Graham, it's John from New Jersey. How you doing? What's up, John? John. Look, this is what I want, Ben. I want this to happen. I want to swap the 15th for the 13th, right? Give me their two second rounds. You know, one of ours, one of those 42-43, right? Yeah. Give me, I guess his name is Jermaine Johnson, the defensive end. Oh. You're looking for a haul here. Wait a minute. That's not a haul. This guy thinks he's going to be the MVP again and take them to the promised land, so can't give him away. And don't forget, we got Bo Melton, too, from Rutgers, Rutgers star. Yes. From last year. Oh, yes. So no, nah, I'm a big Bo I Melton want. fan. I mean, the that's thing is, Jermaine Johnson's tough because he was drafted last year, right? That's the kid from right. Florida State. I don't right. know if the Jets would part with him because he makes no money, and he seems to be an up-and-coming player on the defensive line. I would love him. Oh. I just don't know if that's going to be part of it, if you're getting two seconds and the pick swap. Hey, Ben, he's going to be the MVP. He's the second coming of Jesus. So, yeah. you know, can't give him away, man. I think dude's got to just stand firm because we're like we've been talking about. We're not. A- yeah, fact, we don't. John, are you are, are you North Jersey? Are you closer to New York? Yeah, Ben. Ben, I told you I'm North, but I go to Wildwood Crest every yes. year. Yes, oh. and the summertime. Let, let me correct you on something. I go told ahead. a couple weeks ago where the Jets facility is is Florham Park, New Jersey, which is a very affluent area. Mm-hmm. Now the highway behind that. 
is 287, which if you go down, it's really nice. Summit is right there, Summit, New Jersey. That's where Eli Manning lives. Yeah, I was talking so, about 95. If you're just driving oh, up yeah, 95, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Oh, yeah, you're it's a horrible right. stretch of highway. Yeah. You don't go to the stadiums, but you go by them and you can see them. Right. right. And then right yeah, after you hit the stadiums, you you're pretty much in deathly traffic. Uh, Grant, John and I have bonded over driving in New Jersey, yeah. clearly. Grant, I'm sorry, but one more and I'll let you go. go ahead. When Favre was with the Jets, he used to rent a house down the street from my daughter's boyfriend. Oh. So in that area, in that area. What a connection. So Rogers. Yeah, right. So... Let's just look. Let's stay strong, and let's not give in. Have a good day, guys. Yeah, I appreciate it, John. Man, I need John to call in. If we get intel on where Rogers is staying, yeah, I, I need some birdies on the ground in northern New Jersey. That was elite. Appreciate it, I John. Love, I love talking to people who aren't from around the Midwest, because if that was a Midwest caller, one of my guys, how you guys doing? Yeah, this this Aaron Rodgers business. No, John calls in and he goes, here's what I want, okay? And he lays out his demands. Oh, I love it. I enjoyed that. I love it. Well, he's also in the territory of New York radio. So I'm pretty sure he's called in in the past. And, I mean, we have some birdies over there that tell us what they're talking about on said wow. radio, obviously about Aaron. I will say in general, I, some of the narratives being spread by those in New York regarding the fact that, Roger should be worth nothing and that Mark Murphy is is a clown for holding this up and that Goody sucks. I they are so disagreeable. It's just not the truth, right? Like I I'm not going to worship Mark Murphy as the greatest president in, in Packer history because he's not. But he's not the one holding this trade up. You know, part of me wants to think that Mark Murphy is a little bit of an evil genius going to the state basketball tournament and playing, "Oh, I'm just at a a local basketball game. I, I didn't think that would get picked up. Part of me wants to think that he did that on purpose. He he voluntarily came off kind of naive like an old man, and he set the narrative before Rodgers had a chance to go on McAfee. Part of me wow. wants to give Mark Murphy credit for that. Wow. I'm not there yet. I think okay. it was he, he was purely <laughs> speaking at a at a state high school girls basketball game. And those were the words that came out. <laughs> eight seven. What a team, man! It's unbelievable. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Real quick, let's go back to the phones. Line two. You're on the Bill Michaels show with Ben and Grant. What's going on? Hello, is yep. this me. Yes, yes, yes. What's up? Okay, I was just wondering if uh, you could get the number, the two number two picks, and then also just get the whole salary cap wiped out. That's on Rogers. The fifteen. 58 million just gone. And then you have that money to spend next year on free agents and free agents are pretty much gone this year. But right. can, you, can you just see, you know, I've never heard anybody say that uh, what's going on with the cap, you know, is the 58 million just going to be wiped off the books when this trade is done and the uh, green Bay is all of a sudden going to have, you know, 85, 90 million to spend. So I think the problem is I, I don't think you can wipe out all of it because whatever was given to Rogers in signing bonuses and and uh, other other uh, the reworking know, of the contract roster bonuses yes every time they've reworked it some of that money the Packers owe him no matter what and and Bill is is a better person to go through all of it but I, I think there are parts of it that can be picked up by the Jets I don't know how much money the Jets have. I don't know how much they're able to withstand, though. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. Um, and, and and plus, I don't think the Packers are in a spot where they're 
going to go nuts in the free agent market next year. That would happen in two years anyway, once they get the rest of the roster ready. Okay, I was listening to wipe out that whole salary cap, take the number twos, and, and then you're just done with it. I you're mean, I would it, enjoy that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then you'd have all kinds of money to spend. I got you. Appreciate the phone call, man. 877-867-1670. Yeah, Grant, I would also love it if people would pay off, you know, my rent loans, things of that nature. Yeah, well, this generation, you know, we're getting our college paid for and student loans forgiven. I I actually feel like life's going pretty well for us. Really quickly on salary cap, park all of the money on the Packers this year and next year. If that means we get more picks, better sure. return, fine. It's like an, an NBA concept. When NBA teams aren't trying to contend, they will take on bad contracts to get picks and to get assets because they don't need the money anyways. They'll They'll pay that money. They'll eat it. The Packers should do something similar. Eat as much of the Rodgers money as you can this coming year and next year if need be. Maximize the return in, in draft picks and in players. And then in two years when you're ready to go, you'll be a better team for it, more younger developing players, and then the money will be done. And then you'll be ready to contend. It fits the Packers' timeline. For sure. And there aren't free agents aside from someone of the likes of Rudy Ford on the, on the defensive line a Jerron Reed adjacent type signing, yeah. if you will, that the Packers would go out and do this year anyway. The wide receivers that are left stink. I don't need the money this year. You don't need money. The Packers aren't looking to buy. There's not great pieces to be bought. They're not trying to go all in and contend. So they can pay for Rodgers, get more picks. I would like it if they could find a, a Bo Allen type, just a, just a backup nose tackle that makes no money, that can tackle things of that nature. They're probably going to have to pay a, can tackle. A, a backup quarterback grant, even though I'm all in. Actually, let's do this when we come back. I have a, I have a backup quarterback I want the Packers to get, and it's not a bit. So it's not Jack Cohn? It's n- no, it's not Nick Foles. It's definitely not Carson Wentz. It's not Cam Newton. I have a backup okay. quarterback I think makes all the sense in the world for the Packers. So when I'm we come, take five minutes trying to figure out who it is. I don't think you will. Okay. When we come back, we'll get to that. We'll get back to your phones as well. 877-867-1670. He is on Twitter at Wisco Grant. I am at Benzie Kenny. You can chime in that way as well. A lot more to get to today. It's the Bill Michaels Show. We'll be right back. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right. We're back. Bill Michaels show. Ben Kenny Grant Bills with you today. 877-867-1670. Get back to the phones here in a second. At Benzie Kenny, the, the Twitter question of at least the 10 o'clock hour and possibly the day, depending on how I'm feeling. When the Packers trade Rodgers, would you take the picks in this year's draft or next year's? 80% so far, Grant. 100 votes. 80% say this year's draft. Well, as our uh, guy Bill Michaels always says, it's a it's a fast food society. It's a drive through society. <laughs> Microwaves. We want it now. We, we do. want it now. The idea of a draft pick a year from now. That's, that's miles into the future. And Darnell Washington, Keanu Benton in the second round. Man, Keanu Benton's going to be a really good player for somebody. Aww. Very slept on, underappreciated, under talked about player in the Big Ten last year. Uh, in the country, I would add. Because the yeah. defense yeah, around yeah. him wasn't great, but I mean, he was, he was the defense when he was off the field. They couldn't stop a nosebleed with him. I was gonna say, yeah, 
With the, him. the on-off splits, a thing in the NBA, that would be a very telling number Crazy. for him in the Badgers defense last year. So Packers backup quarterback, Grant, did you give it thought, and do you think you have an answer? Oh, I couldn't really get past Jack Cohn. <laughs> uh, and then I thought, who's played for the Eagles or nope. been involved with the Eagles? Not it. Gardner Minshew signed somewhere, I know. Who Who is it? Stetson Bennett. I don't I think of that. I'm not I'm doing there. this as a bit. Number one, okay. he is older than Jordan Love, I believe. Mm-hmm. He's old, but he also would be a rookie. You can draft him in the sixth or seventh round or fifth. Not going to cost you anything, so you can keep the flexibility going. I believe he has the ability to come in and keep a train somewhat moving forward. He's not going to go win you much, but I think he's a, he's a perfect backup. He showed great improvement, obviously, throughout his time at Georgia, and he's surrounded by ridiculousness. But I think I, I think his game is somewhat similar to Love without the arm talent, where he can move around and he's athletic and he makes quick decisions. And I don't think there'd be any controversy there. There's no Carson Wentz trying to steal the job. I think Stetson Bennett makes all the sense in the world. Championship pedigree, things of that nature. I knew, I knew you were going to say that. Come on, you re- well, well, you get Darnell Washington, you reunite him with Darnell Washington. You already have Quay Walker and, and Wyatt. Just get the go. whole Bulldog team. He's going to be playing on the other side of the ball as Eric Stokes, Devontae Wyatt, Quay Walker. He's used to having those guys on the other unit of the field. I also think Stetson Bennett would be like an irrational confidence guy. And I kind of want my backup to be an irrational kind of – I don't want my backup coming in and thinking, oh, my gosh, this is my one chance to play. If I mess it up, if I make any mistakes, I'm doomed. I don't think Stetson Bennett would have that attitude. I think he'd come in and let it rip, which I need in my backup. This might make sense. Well, he's like already, he he had those moments, I feel like, in the beginning of Georgia. Then once he got yeah. going, he was he realized that he could play. And then the rest, he actually got good. He wasn't I, just surrounded by great talent. I also think he would do an exceptional job at mimicking opposing quarterbacks. Where if you need your backup to be Justin Fields for a week in practice, I, I guess that could be the practice squad. Whatever. Or, no, no, I think it's the backup. Scout team. Yeah, if you need yeah. a guy to mimic Justin Fields, I think Stetson Bennett would do an, an amazing job. That's a hilarious sentence that probably no one has ever said before. But <laughs> I, I agree with you. I think this makes a lot of sense. I also think that you get the best of both worlds. You draft a guy who's cheap and doesn't cost you anything, but he's also kind of a veteran because he's so old. So he's the veteran quarterback that you don't need to pay $8 million a year to like you would with some of the higher level backups. Mariota might be good. Ben Kenny. Yep. Eight, seven, seven, eight, six, seven, 1670. Real quick. Let's go to Derek in Albany. Derek, we got a couple minutes here. What's up? Hey guys. I like that point. He just made about, uh, you're getting a, a, a rookie quarterback who's already a veteran. That's kind of funny. Hey, uh, <laughs> I, I would love it if the Packers, um, could get the jets number one pick, but if they can't, let's say they can't and they get both of their twos, I would package both of those twos and maybe a three to move into the first round around that 13 or 15 spot. Because the two guys I want, we all get draft crushes. I got draft crush on two guys. Skaronsky, the lineman from Northwestern, who's related to the Skaronsky who played for the Packers. And then, and then Meyer. Because if you lose Josh Nyman next year or the year after, and who knows what, how long Bakhtiari plays or what happens with him, Skaronsky can play almost any position on the line except maybe center. Except tackle. Is it yet? What was he a right tackle at, at Northwestern? He was a right tackle. I like. Listen, I think he's going to be good. Here we go. I I watch too much Big Ten football, 
and I was thoroughly unimpressed by him throughout college. And I could be wrong. Like he's everyone's been talking about him as a high pick forever. I I don't think he's an NFL tackle. Okay. So I, uh, I, Mayor, I'm in I on. Seen, I've seen some Big Ten football myself, and you know, but I'm just going by what a lot of the analysts have been saying. Yep. But I'd also like to get that that tight end from from uh, you know the Irish. I'd like to get him. Right. Right. I got you. I mean, I would rather like yes. So then you get two players in the first couple rounds, two impact guys. I kind of would rather have have four of them, or, or I guess you get three because you keep your other second round pick. Well, would, you said the draft isn't that deep this year. It's 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 top heavy. Mm-hmm. It's it is somewhat top heavy, but at positions like tight end, it's very deep. Okay. Where where maybe the difference between Mayer and this is by all accounts the difference between Mayer and Darnell Washington, they're different players. I would almost prefer Washington. It's it's shallow. It's very shallow at other places. I think it's shallow of elite elite talent, but at some positions it's quite deep, including tight end, uh, and there are some good tackles there too. So. Hey, good energy today, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Derek. Yeah, I'm out on Skaronsky. He's off my board. I I could be wrong. I was, uh, I've, how do I word this? I've heard from players that have faced him in college that he's not that impressive. But it could be an NFL projection thing, right? That could be Northwestern. But but compare him to Paris Johnson at, at at Ohio State, who is a, who's a mammoth human being, who's also going to be a top 15 pick. Like that kid looks like an exceptional NFL tackle. And I have heard from people who have heard from players who have played against Skaronsky and they were underwhelmed and therefore he's off my board. Lucas Van Ness is also off my board, but for different reasons. (laughs) I've been putting together a board. Actually, I don't put together a board. I just, just very loudly and brazenly declare players that aren't on my board. <laughs> I couldn't tell you who's on the board, but I can tell you who's not. Oh, uh, I'm going to disagree with your thought process on Van Ness. And I know what it is. And we're not going to litigate it here. Yeah. But I'm big in on, on Mr. Van Ness from Iowa. All right. He's too good looking. Also, I'll, he's <laughs> not enough of a football guy, Grant. Yeah. Come on. He's a, he's a big 10 defensive end. He can't <laughs> be that good looking. It doesn't add up. He was also a backup at Iowa last year, which is insane. But I blame Iowa. I don't blame him. 877-867-1670. All right, we have to step away, take a quick break. A lot more to come. Some thoughts on Brian Gudikins coming up at 11 as well. Your thoughts on the trade, your thoughts on the draft coming up. We have some Brewers chatter to get to as well. We are loaded today. A lot more of the Bill Michaels Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, we're back. Bill Michael Show. Ben Kenny Grant Bills on this Thursday. Uh, coming up tonight, uh, Grant, you're obviously on air from 4 to 6. We have Kenny and Heilprin yes. at, at Monks and Sun Prairie uh, over here near near my neck of the woods talking Badger Spring Ball. We have a – Grant, we have a uh, – we're going to get to your whole NIT thing and the heat you've taken, but a social experiment on Tuesday. Badger's playing the NIT semis at 6 o'clock. We usually go on air at 6 o'clock. Do people care more about initial reaction to what Zach says about how Tanner Mordecai throws a football or do they watch the NIT semis? 
Zach takes precedent over everything for me. When Zach talks, I listen. So, we'll see. Not that I can, approach. Not that I can tell how many people are listening to us live at 6 o'clock on a Tuesday. But it's a little social experiment. All right. Uh, a, lot, a lot more to get to today. Bill Michael Show, Ben Kenny Grant Bills uh, with you. Give you an update on the poll question when we come back. Talk about the draft. Do you want the picks this year? Do you want them next year? And I have some, I have some thoughts about Brian Gutekunst and about trust and about what makes a GM great in the NFL. We'll hit all that when we return. A lot more to come.